0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Andrea Eppolito celebrating life, luxury, and above all else, love. Today's episode is really very special to me because I had an opportunity to sit and chat with my very good friend, Simon T. Bailey. I became aware of Simon as an author, an educator, and a motivator when I heard him speak at the Engage conference over the years, we've become friends. I adore him and his mission to help people bring out their brilliance. This was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Take a listen. All right. So this is my first time doing this on video. Hello, Simon. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Good to be with you. It's so good to have you. I'm going to set this up in a real personal way really quickly. I've heard you speak at Engage for years. And in Arizona at Mono I was sitting next to Cindy Novotny during lunch and you got up and you did this great, like kind of super inspirational conversation. And you asked for three people to stand up and Cindy Novotny sitting next to me and she's nudging me. She's like, get up, get up, get up. And I went to stand up. My shoe gets stuck in the grass. I don't get up quick enough. I don't get (laughs) my one-on-one time with Simon. And Cindy is looking at me with like just, You disappoint me. Look, but I have been, I consider myself very fortunate in that I've gotten to spend the last couple of years really getting to know you. And I've been up on stage when you've called people up. And one of the things that always struck me about you, well, there are two things. Aside from the fact that you're clearly like the snazziest dresser ever. And you have such impeccable, like man style. (laughs) Um, Like (laughs) other than that, but you have (laughs) two things. First of all, like you are so committed to being who you are as like a truly... People throw around like authenticity and unique and all those words that we all care about today. But you are just who you are always. And you have the most generous spirit and the most... Like this place of wanting to help people that is really just truly... And I've read all of your books. I've seen all of your stuff. Um, I just kind of showed... I've got the spark right here. (laughs) Um, But you... You truly care about everyone. And then when I read it, I'm like, you're the guy who passed on the Ritz-Carlton. So for people who maybe aren't familiar with you yet, can you give them like a quick little synopsis of how Simon T. Bailey became Simon T. Bailey?
1: Oh my goodness, so... I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Lived in Atlanta, Georgia, for a number of years, and I was working at the Days Inn Hotel in Atlanta, making five dollars and ten cents an hour as a front desk clerk. And I got offered a job to go and work at the Ritz Carlton Buckhead, and this is when Ritz was just coming to the forefront. And I had no concept of what a Ritz Carlton was, and I ended up turning the job down. And if the truth be told, and I didn't put this in the book, I turned it down because I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't. I didn't think I was qualified to work at a Ritz-Carlton. And what I began to discover, my um, lack of self-esteem, self-confidence in myself really showed up. And so my comfort zone was stays in. Uh, so fast forwarding, obviously I've stayed in Ritz-Carlton's all over the world and I've done some work for the Ritz-Carlton Learning Institute, but I worked at Disney and I was sales director for Disney Institute. And about 16 years ago, I decided to I cashed in my entire 401k with significant Disney stock, take out a line of credit on the house at the time. My wife, she didn't work outside the home. And Daniel, who is 20 now, was four, and Madison was 18 months old. And I went for it. And since that time, we've worked with about 1,800 organizations in 47 countries. And our goal is very simple, to teach individuals and organizations how to be fearless and create the future. That's it.
0: But I mean, think about the change from being the kid who didn't have the self-confidence to go and have a job to then cashing out everything and putting your entire life, like that takes balls, my friend, (laughs) you are, you are a way classier person than I am. But like, that's not like, and you had to have, aside from the fact that a tremendous belief in yourself but such an extraordinary support system, and being with somebody who says like, "Yeah, do it," it's huge.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really, totally. really
0: is. So, figure I've been going to engage now for call it eight years. So that was halfway in to your process. Mm-hmm. What is like? I find it interesting because when I've I've read your books and I read a lot of it, it comes from such a hospitality-based background, which is my background, my husband's background, but it's so applicable to every other industry that's out there. And the latest book, Be the Spark, I mean, I thought that it was really interesting that you – You left all of these things, and now you're working with the organizations that that you passed on. So when somebody comes to you, and Mm -hmm. I I also think for when you come and speak and engage, most of us aren't big businesses. Most of us are small, tiny little businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and we're just kind of trying to, to get it done. And you're always on the main stage, and you're always such a light and such a great motivating force. But what? how do you apply that hospitality, that big business sense to your own small business when maybe as a wedding planner, you don't think about, is this going to be a repeat client or am I going to be able to, to do something that's more traditional? How do you kind of coach people through that? I think there's three
1: things. Number one, every person, no matter what the size of your business is, you have that spark. You have that little something in you that separates you from everyone else. If you are female, you have that Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Julia Roberts, that little something that allows you to boom, stand up. If you're a guy, you have that Vince Vaughn, you know, um, that, that thing in you that makes you come alive. So number one, what's your spark? And how do you live that from the inside out? The second thing is, what do you love about what you do? When you've had a really good meal, It's not just that the person cooked the meal, they baked the meal, they they put the ingredients in. No, it's their energy that went into the meal that says, oh my goodness, this was really good. When you do what you do really well, it's the love that comes through. And then the third thing is, how do you continue to up your game? How are you reading the trends, not just from your industry, but looking at other industries and cross-pollinating um, where you are. So are you a vertical thinker or a horizontal thinker? So a vertical thinker uh, has information that's an inch wide and a mile deep. A horizontal thinker can look at many different industries and connect the dots. Steve Jobs was a horizontal thinker because he disrupted music, he disrupted movies and he disrupted the mobile phone, horizontal thinker. So when you think about where you are right now, do you surround yourself with a vertical thinker? Because you're a horizontal thinker, or if you're a vertical thinker, do you surround yourself with somebody that's opposite of you that challenges you?
0: Do you think that people can learn to think in, in both ways? Can they tap into both sides of their brains? Or do you think that you're that, do you think that you're stuck to an extent?
1: No, no, you're not stuck. You can totally think on both sides of your brains because there's probably business people that are listening to us right now are very right brain, creative, but you can totally go left brain and be analytical, especially when it comes to your money. (laughs) (laughs) So you can be both sides, like real quick, wait a minute, this invoice was not paid. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So you can be both sides, totally. So is there... Are there activities that people could do, exercises that will either help them engage or that can can give them practice? I mean, if somebody's out there and and they're struggling to shift, or you know, you always talk about shifting your brilliance, can you shift your, your mindset? Is there something that you can do on a daily basis, whether it's a game, reading, anything?
1: Yeah. So one exercise you can do immediately, get a sheet of paper, write down in 30 seconds or less, set the timer on your smartphone. In 30 seconds or less, write down what's right about you. The importance of writing down what's right about you is sometimes you self-sabotage by telling yourself what's wrong with you, and you focus on what's wrong instead of what's right. So the mere fact that in 30 seconds you can write down what's right about you, it reinforces you and shifts you out of where you are. Now, if you have a struggle in writing down what's right about you, Mm -hmm. I want you to secondly examine your verbal software, examine how you talk about your business, about yourself, about your life. And if you skew more to, to the negative, that's why you can't write down what's right about you because you're stuck. So to get unstuck, you got to say, wait a minute, let me go the opposite way because the positive words that you write down about what's right about you creates a story and the story creates the outcome. And then a the third exercise you can begin to think about is when you have worked with a customer that you really loved and they paid you for your value, what did you do? What was it, what was it about that event about that engagement, about that opportunity because success leaves clues. How do I now capture in a bottle this wonderful experience with a customer where all of the stars align and how do I repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, find the same type of customers and you know who they are. And the moment you connect with them, you know in your gut, These are my people right here. There are some customers that you work with that you need to fire because they are stressing you out. They're not your customer. But I have been there. I have taken business because I had a mortgage to pay. I had bills to pay. Now that I'm divorced, I got an alimony (laughs) and child support and college uh, tuition. The bills don't go away. It's real. It's real, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the bills do not go. I will forever be known as the girl who like outed you as getting divorced on stage, (laughs) which like. Like I didn't mean to do it, but I, I was talking about how, like, I said, like, I want my family to get the best of me, not the rest of me. And your face changed, and I was like, "No," and you—you are you like, "Okay, so we're gonna make it real." And, and like, I got off. And everyone's like, "Did you see what you just did to?" And I was like, "I'm—I'm I'm literally going to my room, and I'm not leaving."
1: But, you know what? It's all good. It's, that's why we're friends. But, but you know it's what's so good. great about
0: it is like—is you. And you personally, this is one of the other things that you turned me on to that I had never heard about, but you talked about on stage once was epigenetics and the fact that your DNA is physically changed by things that happen, not just to you, but generationally. And you you turned me on to it at a time where I had a lot of, I don't want to say conflict, but a lot of negative things that were happening. And my, my husband and I actually met kind of at the the peak of Mm -hmm. like the the world collapsing. And I remember Mm -hmm. on like one of our first and second dates, kind of throwing everything out there and saying to him, like, if you're going to be here, you need to understand what you're getting into. Like, don't show up six months from now and being like, no, thanks. Like, you need to understand. And he kind of pushed everything away. And he goes, you know, this isn't you. This is the stuff that happens around you. But it's not you. Didn't feel that way to me. And at times mm. still doesn't feel that way to me. But when you talked about epigenetics and the fact that I was just starting to have kids and build a family, I thought to myself, I need to clean this up because wow. the stuff that's happening, I never thought about the fact that that what had happened generally, generationally, what was going on in my life, that I could pass that on mm. to, to my mm. kids. And mm-hmm. you talking about it, I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of, Wow. what is this so for people who don't know give us a quick little what is it and then how do you break that that cycle when when your physical dna has been changed by mm. the things that have happened to you how do you snap out of it these so are big the epigen- questions for a quick little 30 sure,
1: minutes sure the epigenetic imprint is what happened four generations ago in your family line will somehow visit you where you are now So give you a quick example. Um, Before my father passed away a few years ago, he and I had a conversation about a year before him transitioning. And he told me a story about an uncle of his who literally was wicked smart, was very successful, but all of a sudden committed suicide. And I couldn't remember why my dad was telling me this story. And so he's just kind of mentioning, you know, it's just a part of our family history. And then all of a sudden, it reminded me when I was 15 years of age of how I attempted to commit suicide, but I didn't know why was I thinking about suicide. It's because there was an imprint in my family of suicide. So here is how I broke it. And, and obviously I, I'm 50 now, so I kind of grew up with this. I The first thing is I went to see a therapist and I really began to deal with my unfinished business. My father never telling me that he loved me until he was on his deathbed. My mother and I having almost an arm length relationship, even though I love my mom, she loves me, but we don't talk to each other. We talk at each other. So I, what I recognize is I had to sit down with my mother most recently just to say, mom, there were some things that I was missing growing up. Because it caused me to move in a certain direction. So, the epigenetic imprint is once I identify this little thing that's off, first of all, go and see a therapist, get, get some attention from a licensed practitioner can, that can walk you through unpacking things. That's the first thing. The second thing that I did is I went to the landmark form. And the landmark form is something a lot of people say it's woo woo, it's crazy, it's out there. Let me tell you about the landmark form. I went there for a weekend and I got free. It is not some pipe dream. You don't sniff, you know, any dust, you don't like drink any juice. It's not weird. You literally just sit and hear people's stories. And what they teach you at Landmark Forum is something happened but then you build a story around what happened and the story becomes bigger than what's happened. So what happens is you're reinforcing the epigenetic imprint. So how you break it is you got to change the story. And when I got that, I was like,
0: what? That's, that's
1: <laughs> extraordinary. So cool. yeah, you got to change the story. And then the third thing is put yourself into a community that is supportive of your journey, doesn't coddle you, will get in your face, but not judge you. Because the last thing you need is judgment in an area where you struggle. You need support, you need truth, but you also need love and care.
0: It's, it's a crazy thing that like something that you didn't even know had happened was filtering down to you. And it's totally. like in my head, I'm saying like, how do you even unpack that? Even with a therapist, how do you unpack baggage that you didn't create that that was like willed to you? Like here, and mm-hmm. and do you think that there's a way to do? And this is a weird question. Like I'm Italian, my people don't do therapy. I know you've all seen The Sopranos, <laughs> and you and you think that we're out there talking to people. My people don't do that. Um, and it's it's actually something that's come up with with my mother and times where I've said like. I think that there's a lot of PTSD in my own life, and my family's life. And at one point I said, like, maybe we should talk to somebody. And my mother looked at me, she's like, we don't do that. And it, like, that was the beginning, middle and end of the conversation. Like, our people don't, don't do that. And it's something that I struggle with. And now I will tell you, my best friend is a therapist. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's interesting because on one hand, I get it for free. But then she'll tell me like you know that I can't do this for you. but I wonder like if if you're somebody who has this aversion to it, can you can you do this on your own or do you really need another person to mirror you to do the work?
1: You need another person to mirror you, somebody that trusts you and and just somebody if you don't go and see a therapist, someone that is a trusted friend, family member that you can just process this out because one of the the problems with men is we suppress everything we don't talk and we go along to get along guys don't go deep and then when it comes out it's like the ticking time bomb and it's like what's that and if we just had an avenue just to kind of say here's what I'm thinking here's what I'm processing Help me think through this uh, if you don't want to go to see a therapist. But, a, but what a licensed therapist does is it provides a safe place because sometimes when you start to go deep, you trigger emotions and trigger things that you didn't know were there. And if you are not helped to wholeness and healing All of a sudden, you have this open emotional wound that's out there that's attracting you to situations and circumstances that totally could have been avoided if you would have worked with a medical uh, person that has that expertise and has been trained properly.
0: It's amazing that you were able to do that. Like, I will be full. Uh, One of the biggest reasons that I always said, like my girlfriend's like, you should do therapy. I said, my fear is if I did it, if I hit the floor, I will never get up again. Right. And, and right. that's, that's always been, I mean, this isn't about me, but th- that was always my fear It's right. like, I don't think I have to be the shark that keeps moving. Cause it's the only way that I function, but to hear somebody like you, who is so prolific in helping people say like, I needed help and I got it and look at where I am, where right. I am now. It's, it's one of the things that I, I find interesting is what was, what was the spark that, that made you get up one day and say. I'm leaving Disney. How do you know when the time is right to to take a very, very comfortable place where you feel like I have a paycheck, I have benefits, I'm supporting my family, I'm checking all the boxes of the things that I should do. How do you know when today's the day that I'm going to walk?
1: The day it feels like a job is just a job, a business is just a business, and you perhaps are phoning it in. It doesn't light your fire. Your lights are on, but nobody's at home. And that spark that was once lit is gone out. That's when you know it's time. Wait a minute. I got to reignite from the inside out. So for me, I knew it was time to leave Disney when I started taking vacation time to work on my side hustle to see if I could make a go of it. And when the side hustle brought me more joy than the nine to five, I was like, oh, snap, we got to go because if I don't change, something is going to change and I want to control my destiny. So Disney, great organization, absolutely love them. But the day you don't feel it and and there, and let's just be true, there will be days when you will not have the spark. There'll be days when you're just going kind to of like, you know, I'm just kind of here. I'm just going through the motions. But if you have more of those days uh, than your spark days, that's when you know something's got to shift. So for me, when I got really honest with myself, I created an exit strategy. I made a date with destiny. And I said, by this date, I'm transitioning. And all of a sudden, I get, I started getting excited about the unknown, even though I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I had an idea but i but i didn't have it all figured out i just kind of had a little plan and i just started walking and crossed my fingers and toes and hoped it would work out
0: now do you think that that people can can do the side hustle and the regular job or do you think that do you think that it's something that they have to really go full force into because i know that in in the wedding industry a lot of people are here as a side hustle and it's great yes. if you start there but But you can't, I don't think you can continue that as a business strategy. I think that at a certain point, you have to jump. Do you feel like people can juggle those two different things?
1: So here's what I'll say. You can do your side hustle and you'll be good. But if you want to be great, you got to go all in. Because until you're all in, you're just on a date with your destiny. You haven't married yourself to it the moment you marry yourself and you're all in that's when you put a ring on it and say I'm going for it but if you're just kind of doing it on the side you know making a dollar here dollar there you'll be good but you won't be great
0: so tell me now i mean you've got books you are the most engaging speaker um but generally like the, the Simon universe. Talk to people about what it is that you do and how they can engage you to help them. So if somebody's listening here and they're like, I dig him, what what services do you offer outside of just the book?
1: Yeah. So as a global training company, we provide three services. The first thing is, obviously, I'll, I can speak for any organization half day, full day, Uh, customer service, leadership development, personal workshops. But then the second bucket is our whole online platform where we have a few online courses and we also have some partnerships with LinkedIn Learning where our courses sit on their platform, building business relationships, leading through relationships. And then the third bucket is where I come alongside you through the Be The Spark community, which is a private Facebook group where I mentor you twice a month. Uh, for a very reasonable price, and you get me in the community, and we provide a number of resources that isn't available to everyone. And then we also do executive coaching, where we come alongside individuals and really help coach them over a ninety day time frame that's renewable based on the results where they can engage me, you know beyond. Oh, wow. So that's I didn't know that. those are the three buckets. Yeah, yeah, it's something that we do just on a on a as needed, you know those who know you know they'll find out about it. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it.
0: How many people are on your
1: team? Oh my goodness. So we have five people. Okay. Uh, Melissa is my business operations person. Jessica is our content strategist. DL is our instructional designer. Eric is our videographer. All of our video work that we do around the world really handles that for us. And then Jennifer uh, handles our social media.
0: Wow. Okay, great. So then sometimes when I'm, when I'm tweeting with you, am I tweeting with you when I I tweet with Jennifer?
1: I can't answer that. It's kind of like how many Mickey mouses are there? Is there? There's only one Mickey. All right.
0: All right. Okay. Because every now and then I see you on Twitter and I'll like tweet something. I get a tweet back. I'm like, my God, he's good. But all right. So next time I'm just gonna be like hashtag hi Jennifer. Well, you've been, you've been a great, professionally, you've been a great inspiration because every time that I hear you speak, no matter how many times, how many years, I'm in engage twice a year. I I look at the speaker list to make sure that you're on it because I know it's going to be 40 minutes of true value of get out of your head value and listen to somebody. And for those of us, for, for people who are new to engage, you immediately bring the room together and you get everybody into a space where they truly, like they walk out and they're like, I can do this because Simon said I could. And for those of us who've been there over and over again, for for those of us who are lifers and are kind of out there preaching the engaged gospel, I think that for somebody like me, I I need that time where I, I really, really love what I do. And so I'm super excited. I'm always engaged, but like, it's nice to have somebody like remind me and go, all right, this is, remember why you're here. Remember where you came from, be very clear about where you're going. And the last time that you spoke, I'm I'm huge on social, like I'm always tweeting, instinct, like doing whatever. I have a cousin who is uh, living with in inoperable cancer. And it is something that she was told she would not live 18 months. And now she's going on, I want to say six years and she's taken her own journey and her own path. She's an extraordinary girl. Um, I was Instagramming you. And so she wrote me and she was like, oh my God, I know who he is. I haven't read his books. So I shot her a note. I was like, you know what, when I'm done with this, I'll send it to you. And I mentioned it to you and you stopped what you were doing right then and there. You signed a book for her. She got it two days ago. And I share that story because I think that there's a lot of people who, whether they're they're on stage or they're online or they're on a, a platform, they're selling a shtick about mm. who they are. They're selling a persona about how much they care. But you are a hundred percent the real deal, and you live it, and you go so far out of your way to give people the the opportunity to connect with their why and to really take themselves to a place that that they can be. I mean, you took yourself from Buffalo, New York, the third poorest city in the country. When you were growing up and I don't know where exactly in the world you're sitting right now, but you're in a pretty good place, my friend. And the fact that you so deeply for, for everybody else, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to wrap it up and say the minute that I wrote and said like, Hey, do you want to come on my tiny little podcast and do this? You were so fantastic about like, yes, immediately let's get it done. You've been an extraordinary resource to everyone in the wedding community and the hospitality community at large, which is so amazing to see. you have I think that everyone feels like they're your best friend because you truly make everyone feel like they matter and nobody is less important. You even talk about in the book, like create a culture where everyone matters and yes. you are the personification of that. Wow. So on behalf of the people who didn't tell me to thank you. Thank you from all of us because you've been fantastic. If people want to learn more, I mean, I think everyone should have the book. I know that a lot of people in our community already have it. How do they How do they dip their toe into the community with you? And, and where do you think they should get started?
1: Yeah, someone just go to simontbailey.com, okay. sign up for our newsletter, and they'll be on our distribution list, and they'll get all the latest and greatest as to what's happening with us.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm going to link that in the information I can't thank you enough and the fact that this is my first time doing this on video that I can like (laughs) see you I'm like I'm trying to look at you but then I'm trying to look in the camera to make sure that you (laughs) feel like I'm looking at you It's, you know maybe on YouTube and it'll be a great big joke because I'm wearing my son headset but this this is the greatest thing because I feel like I feel like I just had coffee with my buddy so thank you
1: you and you have to do me a huge favor please tell your awesome family your hubby and your children, I said hello. Give them my love.
0: I will. I will. And hopefully I'll get them out to an engage soon so you can see all of them together.
1: All right, my all friend. Right. Thanks Take so care. much. We'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. All right. Bye. Alrighty. Bye-bye.